Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. How are we doing today? This is uh, the first Killing Time of the year. We are apart. It's not feeling right, but we're pushing through. I feel great. 100% even. (laughs) (laughs) How are you feeling, Billy? I'm feeling, uh, uh, I don't know, a little, I got the heat on in my house for the first time ever, and it's a little warm in here. Oh, the heat on. That seems very unlike you. It is. Oof. Um, well, today's episode, uh, because of our dark day, we're kind of theming it all as like a 90s episode of Killing Time. It's a little bit a nostalgic. Blast from the past. Yes. A blast from the past. Uh, which decade of that year of your past that is, I don't know. But uh, we're going to dive right in. So what is a dark day today, Billy? Today is January 6th. And in 1994, this was the day that Olympic hopeful Nancy Kerrigan was attacked at a Detroit ice rink after a practice session. And this was just two days before the Olympic trials. Do you remember this? No. Yeah. You don't? This was bonkers. What what year did it happen? It was 94. I mean, I don't don't say I remember it as like, I I remember every detail, but I remember it happening. I remember it being like the biggest thing in the entire world happening when I was like seven years old. So, mm. it, and part of it was caught on on video. Now there were two skaters at the time that were uh, that were rivals. One was Nancy Kerrigan, sort of the all American girl, yeah, uh, very graceful skater. The other was Tanya Harding. Now Tanya Harding didn't have much money. Uh, she was sponsored, I think, by like George Steinbrenner had given her money, and she she skated very aggressively. She wasn't necessarily a great a graceful skater. So they, you know, Tanya Harding saw Nancy as a threat and her uh, ex-husband approached, who was a guy named Jeff Galuli, which by the way, became a big uh, uh, punchline in all of, you know, Letterman and everything like that. He approached a guy named Sean Eckert about eliminating Kerrigan from the competition. So Tanya would win and then be able to go on to the Olympics. And then obviously you don't win money in the Olympics, but you get all of the endorsement deals. Right. So... He sets up a meeting and uh, with a guy. A guy goes there 
to the practice um, uh, area and from behind a curtain hits her knee, hits Nancy Kerrigan's knee with a metal kind of rod, causing her mm. to cry out in, bewil- in bewilderment. I remember it like it was yesterday. She said, why me? And then she said, why anyone? Now, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, then, you know, the FBI started, you know, digging into it. What's going on here? The FBI eventually got confessions. Uh, Harding said, Tanya said that I had no involvement at all. Um, but, uh, Galuli was charged with conspiracy, her her husband. And, uh, it was rough though, but you know what? The competition between them set huge ratings. And, um, by the way, during the competition, Tanya started crying because one of the laces on her skates broke. Yeah, she was under a lot of stress. A lot of stress there. And uh, believe me, I know what happens when you lace a skate break. I've, I've cried as well. Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan took home the silver medal. Many thought she deserved the gold. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan, of course, uh, <laughs> this is how petty everything was back then. Not that it isn't petty now. But Nancy Kerrigan actually goes to Disney World and is caught on camera say, like during the parade saying, this is the corniest thing ever. And they got like a huge backlash about that. Like, oh my like, god! I know yeah, people yeah. got the biggest backlash over the stupidest shit back in the '90s, like the most yeah. innocuous stuff that nobody would bat an eye about today at all. It's yeah. so funny. And um, um, you know, Galuli got revenge on Tanya by sold photos of them having sex on their honeymoon uh, to the tabloids. There, this was just a mess. But let me tell you, when we get into True Crime Rewind, the '90s were—I have to say—even it was one of the biggest decades for this kind of stuff for celebrity Tab- scandal <clears throat> like tabloid scandal ever yeah. mm-hmm. and we're going to get into all of them we're going to go year by year and you're going to be like oh my god that is insane wait so i have a question about what was what was caught on camera was the actual attack caught on camera not really it was sort of the uh the aftermath uh, okay. she's sort of standing in front of a a curtain and apparently somebody like kind of reached their arm from the inside the curtain almost like a puppet show and then hit her and it's then so ran away through the curtain, and then she's falling down, and then they have they have the aftermath of her. Oh my! There God. was also like a big uh, Tanya Harding like resurgence a few years ago when I Tanya came out and yeah. she was giving interviews again. So I feel like that's when like the younger generations were more introduced to the whole storyline because it is crazy to think yeah. about. It's crazy. It's a crazy and thing to do. I, I I don't know if you know anything about it, Billy, but when they, like, did they had leads? Like, did they know that this guy did it? Or did he just, like, turn himself in and was just like, yeah, it was me? Because if I there mean, was no, if he was behind a curtain and he couldn't see him, he could only see his hand. I mean, like, they started, they started leaning on them. It's just like, who, who benefits? Cubono, who benefits? And they have to look around and say, this is the one person that benefits. And then they just started, you know, digging in. Wow. <sighs> I mean, what a day. I'm sure anybody that's over the age of 30 kind of remembers all this going on back in the day. So Mm -hmm. we're going to get into more scandals that happened in the 90s because there were sure a lot. But before that, we have some bitching to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? 
All right. Welcome to a very special on the stand 90s themed version. So today we're doing things a little bit differently because before we started recording the episode, I was getting nostalgic looking up all these things for True Crime Rewind. And I was thinking about the 90s and just how fucking good the toys were back in the day. So I sent a text out to Billy and Alexis and I was like, what do you think about for on the stand today? Each of us can just bring a toy from the 90s to the stand and just talk about how much we fucking love it. And then we'll just bring it to all of our firsties out in the ether and see if you played with said toy or not and how much you loved it. So I think I'll just start off because, Mm -hmm. man, I fucking loved Pogs. Mm. Pogs were my toy of choice back in the day. I probably had 500 Pogs. They're probably still up in my attic right now because my dad doesn't throw away anything at all ever from my entire life. And... I collected those things like they're going out of style. Did you guys play with Pogs back in the day? I loved Pogs. I was like a ravenous. This was pro- elementary school. This was like second grade. Like I had yeah. binders, binders of Pogs, buckets of slammers. We would, and I didn't really play them. They, I just coveted them and wanted really rare ones. I don't think anybody really played them. It was more Apparently, of like a collector's people, item. People played them, but I don't there, know why. There was or a game. How. Yeah, you use a slammer to get the pogs to flip over and stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. you collect them. Like I did, I did play pogs, but I wasn't like a you know a pog avid pogger. an avid pog player. I feel like I was a little young, but I mean the collectibles were incredible. I was just looking on eBay. You can still, I mean, they obviously have everything, but I found a Beavis and Butthead slammer. There's a Ren and Stimpy slammer out there. I feel like out of all of the things that's had a resurgence. You know, out of the 90s and early 2000s, Pogs haven't come back. And I feel like it's time because Pogs are brandable. Anybody can make a Pog. That's right. Yeah. And I feel like they're almost back. I feel like they're rounding the curve and they'll, <laughs> they're will they going to like cross go any minute. Well, oh, I didn't have a Pog. Uh, this Pogs were sort of in, Not the, a one in the realm. Uh, we did not have, have one pog. Pog. <laughs> pogs were in the realm when I was in college and grad school, and like th- there was a complete sort of uh, pop culture hole for me between ninety and like ninety five. But um, I do remember them out there. I did question what they were, but I did. I do. You know, as somebody that collects a lot of stuff back then, I did appreciate them for whatever they were. And apparently, they were supposed to be replicating the the tops of milk jugs. Right? That was the. Oh. reason for them yes i, I don't think so that was milk the size jug. of what they were yeah <laughs> Alex is like no that's doesn't ring a bell at all no, well, that's that's what i that's what i remember but <laughs> milk jug okay yeah uh, maybe there is like a game people would play with milk jug. i don't know that's actually interesting to look in the history of pogs but you know what whoever made pogs and came up and trademarked them that person was probably rolling in the fucking dough because all pogs were were like a piece of cardboard Dude, imagine and, being the guy who made your fortune in Pogs. Like, I know. How cool would it be to, that, to be that guy? I mean, the margins on Pogs, you're selling them for probably a couple bucks, and you're making them for probably less than a cent. Pennies. Like, that person is yeah. rolling in the dough. I'm going to bring yeah. Pogs back. They're coming back. All it's right. Time. Yeah. So stay tuned, everyone, for the <laughs> first degree Pogs that will be coming up <laughs> Limited soon. edition. Wait. Limited edition oh, first yes. degree Pogs. Oh, oh, it's on. I'm looking at We're going to make them. Oh, we're we'll going to do them. like a... We'll do like a little pog sleeve, like the little buckets Honestly, that they have. It's a great, okay. it's a great mm-hmm. idea. Oh yeah. my god, I can't wait! All right, who's next? Lex, you want to go? What toy did you love in the nineties? Gosh, I don't know. I was scrolling down this thing and I was like, I had almost all of these, but I loved Beanie Babies. Oh yeah, 
only be and my mom I had probably probably 500. Oh, same. Still. 500 Beanie Babies? My Beanie Babies are right up next to my Pogs. (laughs) Probably more. And not only that, I would like save my money. I had like, I was like a child with a gambling addiction. Like on eBay, I would save my money to bid for like the the super rare ones. I'm like, I need the bald eagle. Like for Christmas, my mom would be like, what do you want? I'd be like, the limited edition manatee. And you like can't get it. And there aren't these like online stores like there are now or like bidding sites there was just ebay and that's yeah. it <laughs> so it's like every christmas i never got the beanie baby i wanted because i wanted some unattainable beanie baby and it just mm. fueled this addiction for wanting things <laughs> but I, mean, I love them do you remember the princess diana beanie baby oh with the like heart a- oh the bears with the hearts liberty there were <laughs> there was like one um what's the tie-dyed one it was called like garcia uh. Yeah. Or something. Oh my gosh. Oh, I wanted yeah. them all. Probably for Jerry Garcia. Yeah. 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 No. Really. Thanks, well, Billy. And, <laughs> you know, we really <laughs> we really missed like, you know, there's that like opportune time that they were they're on the up and up. They're on the, the we could have cusp of the curve. We could have unloaded could them. Really cash in. And then now they're probably they might be worth something now, but probably not because everybody kept them thinking mm-hmm. that they could sell them one day. And now that, there's too many out there still sitting around. That was That was always the problem, particularly you saw this a lot with baseball cards too. Once people thought, hey, these are going to be worth stuff right around 1977, 78, everyone thought they were going to be worth a ton of money and they're not worth anything now. But the time when people were just putting them in the spokes of their wheels and things, that's when you know, they're worth a lot of money. So but uh, did did you go get the Happy Meals that were the... Oh, I had so many of those little ones. The little moose. I've seen that. Oh, the moose. I feel like I saw the moose at my mom's house. She, too, loves – she keeps things. I'm like, is this a little McDonald's T.Y. moose? And it was. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I just looked him up. Wow, that brings back so much. There are so many Beanie Babies are so cute. They're Uh like, oh, come on. Yeah, we'll definitely have a thread. They make Beanie Babies – well, Ty makes these new Beanie Baby type things, but they have massive eyes. So they have like these really big like like puppy dog eyes. Should we start collecting those and make those a thing? (laughs) Well, I think the Killing Time or the the First Degree Beanie Babies will be coming out soon too. (laughs) Okay. We're getting a lot of ideas. (laughs) Now, Billy, what's our third? It's going to be an owl. It's going to be an owl. (gasps) Ah, yes. All right. The third – my thing was – the thing that came up, obviously, I was an adult uh, during the 90s. (laughs) I turned 18 in, uh, in 1990. But um, I remember actually purchasing the Toy Story toys. Now, the toys, this is even before my kids were born. So my kids yeah. were born in 98 and 2000. Now, the Toy Story toys were really cool because obviously it was the first Pixar movie. You had a movie about toys and then the toys came to life. So you had Woody and he looked exactly like the character in yeah. the movie. And you had Buzz, looked exactly like the character in the movie. Now, Woody, you'd pull his string It was Tom Hanks' voice, and he'd say, there's a snake in my boot, or you're my favorite deputy, right? (laughs) Now, here's the thing. That toy got ruined somehow. I go to buy that toy later, maybe like five years, maybe Zoe's like five or something like that. I buy the Woody, pull the string. It's not Tom Hanks' voice. Somewhere along the line, Tom Hanks said, no, you're not allowed to use my voice. No, but they probably just didn't have it in perpetuity. It was probably a licensing deal. Yeah. Yeah. now you sell yourself. I mean, with Disney, you're going to sell yourself for everything. So, but I remember that those were two very, very cool toys. Yeah, I had there those too. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so nostalgic. Mm. I guess we can't really make those. Those are kind of tricky. No, those are <laughs> mm, the licensing would be too hard. The licensing, the, the, yeah. But you know what? We'll sell 
is a little mini Billy doll with our a string you can pull. <laughs> and he says, what would it say? for justice. <laughs> no, it would just giggle uncontrollably. Uh-huh. <laughs> Honestly, out of our three, out of the pogs, out of the first three pogs, the first three Beanie Babies and the Billy Baby, I think the Billy Baby <laughs> is what's really going to sell. <laughs> like hotcakes. Like hotcakes. All right. Well, when we come back, it's time for some true crime 90s scandal rewind. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. True crime. Yeah, it's rewind time. So welcome back. We are going through the 90s, and I defy you to come up with a decade that had more scandals, more tabloid scandals than the 90s. And just in one 10-year period, we're not even going to focus on these. You had the biggest pop star in the world, Michael Jackson, getting accused and settling a case involving him molesting a 13-year-old boy. Obviously, that was just the beginning. You had Woody Allen, one of the most revered comedy filmmakers of all time, marrying his stepdaughter, Sun Yi. And you had Bill Clinton, the president of the United States, engaging in oral sex from an intern in the White House and then being impeached for lying about it. Mm -mm -mm. And then that created the whole... 
semantics of what sexual relations were and, and, and all that stuff. But that wasn't all. The 90s was a weird time of transition because in the very beginning, people were all still watching MTV. And there was if, if th- there were things that everybody knew about. Uh, Dave Holmes has a podcast. He talks about how, it, you know, not everybody was a Paula Abdul fan, but everybody knew that song. Everybody knew, you know, yeah. Forever Your Girl or whatever. And then the internet took over at the, you know, towards the end started getting in. But everything in between was fascinating. So we're going to we're gonna go year by year, and you're not going to be disappointed. Because in 1990 was the Millie Vanilli scandal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Millie Vanilli... Um, uh, it, they actually got caught lip syncing, and they were one of the hugest bands around. Um, and they got caught lip syncing at a show in '89. But the story came out in the LA Times in 1990, and they finally said, "Yes, this isn't us." They were two, you know, very attractive men. They said they they, they came up and said, "You know what? We can't even we can't really even sing at all." And they had to give back their Grammy. Who was I can't the singers? Believe, I can't believe they admitted we can't sing at all. It's one, it's one thing if they're like, yeah, for the hard parts, we have these people do it. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's like, in fact, we cannot sing, not yeah, even they, at all. It's like, they, it tried, even, they, they it tried to sing like, at one sorry. point and it was so bad. So it wasn't like when they would perform, because this is a lot of performers have this when they're performing live. There's like these singers in the background and they blend their voices mm-hmm. with the the singer to make sure that they hit the high notes and like whatever, their voices don't crack. So it wasn't that. They're lip syncing no. every single note. On the record. And on the record. <laughs> on the record, this isn't like yeah. Obviously, famously Ashley Simpson on Saturday Night or Live. Ashley Simpson. Well, she no, but every artist lip syncs on Saturday Night Live. You have I don't to. Think, I, think. I don't think they all do. No. Oh uh, well, I but think a lot of them bad. do. At yeah. least that wasn't oh. like she wasn't the only one that did it. All right, so we're gonna go. We 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 have a lot to go through because it was okay. it was bonkers. Nineteen ninety one, beloved character Pee Wee Herman is arrested after exposing himself in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Now, Pee-wee was an iconic character. He was on the show called Pee-wee's Playhouse. He had two movies. Loved Pee-wee's it. Big Adventure, Big Top Pee-wee. And he was at a um, a nudie theater, uh, which is the thing that they would have before the internet. And <laughs> during a routine inspection, a detective saw him as, as Rubens, which is his real name, was ready to leave. And they take a look at his driver's license, and he says, I'm Pee Wee Herman. And he said, please, please don't arrest me. I'll do anything. I'll do like a children's benefit for you or something like that. They arrest him. What the hell? And then it was like the next day later, his lawyer was like trying to be like, yeah, Pee Wee will do this for you, too. Like he was trying to get out of that a few different times just by like really trying to use the Pee Wee heart. Peewee card. Yeah. What are people but, surprised by this? Like his name is Peewee. Like no. Also, it, I have a question. Like back in the day, weren't were uh, number one? Sorry, were these like porn theaters? They were illegal. You weren't allowed to go in them, or you just you're, weren't allowed no, you're, to masturbate. You're not them. allowed to to expose yourself in them. You're allowed to go to them. I Was mean, he this is especially movie? before. Especially no, no, no it, it was it uh, was at a porn movie, but especially before VHS. Think about that. Before VHS, you either had a you know a real uh, you know eighteen millimeter or eight millimeter <laughs> show you know with no sound that that was a stag film, or you went to a theater, and then VHS or came magazine. and that completely revolu- Or you yeah. have magazines, and then that revolutionized it. But some people still like to go to the theater. 
Um, I, I'm sorry. They, yeah. I don't think any man is going to that movie and not masturbating. Like I, I, they're probably just catching guys right and left out of that movie. For theater. sure. Right For sure. handed and left handed. You're right. Okay. So we got <laughs> to keep They're going, catching though. him hands over fist. <laughs> Oh, I love Pee-wee, by the way. I dressed up as Pee-wee for like a class project. And if this happened in 91, I definitely was older than four years old. So <laughs> there is a problem there. I think oh I was in God. second grade. I'll go back to that in my therapy one day. So totally. 1992, this is when Sinead O'Connor on Saturday Night Live rips up a picture of the Pope on TV. Yep. And there was so much outrage and it, you know, people, I'm reading this article right here. It says it nearly toppled her career. It kind of really did. I mean, she was flying with her career. She had two amazing albums. Lion and the Cobra, I think is is in my top 10 of all time. Um, She had uh, Nothing Compares to You, uh, that single. And then she does this, bring attention to the child abuse, which she was way ahead of the damn curve on that. Yeah. And Joe Pesci comes on the next, the next week. And tapes up the picture of the Pope and says, I would have given her such a smack. And then everybody applauded. Madonna criticized her and everything. And um, I think two weeks later, she was at a Bob Dylan tribute show and got booed off the stage and left in tears. So fucked up. It's like she was doing the right thing. She was trying to bring awareness. And then she got totally fucked. And then it's like now looking back, it's like, wow. Yep, she was right. We all deserve, she deserves an apology from everybody. But we got to go. We got to keep going because 1993, Lorena Bobbitt slices off the penis of her husband, John Wayne Bobbitt. Yep. After after non-consensual sex, she throws it into a uh, yard uh, while she's driving. And uh, it's reattached at a uh, hospital called Prince William Hospital. And we have Lorena on our podcast. Yes, we do have a full first degree episode with Lorena herself. So if you want to go search that, if you want to do a little deep dive. Now, we're going to 1994. Not only was Nancy Kerrigan attacked that that year, Lisa Left Eye Lopez burns down her ex-boyfriend's house, who was an NFL player named Andre Risen. He was a, a receiver. Now, apparently he was upset or she was upset that he didn't buy her a pair of sneakers. So she lit a piece of cardboard on fire in the bathtub and then burned down the entire house. Or it was a shoe. Or or it might have been a shoe. Google it. It was crazy. Uh, You know, huge, huge fire. But we're going to keep going because in 1995, this changed a lot. And this is one of the reasons why the internet got big (laughs) because people wanted to find this thing. Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape is leaked. And the story is so fucking crazy. I didn't Jack, really know about it. I had no idea. But I, you tell I the story, don't. Jack. Tell please. me about it. Yeah, Jack, tell the story. Okay, so the gist of the story is Pam and Tommy had just gotten married and they were renovating their mansion in Malibu. And I guess they were kind of just being like wild and crazy while this is all going on, being a little bit uh, not the nicest to all the workers that were working there. And then out of nowhere, they're just like, everybody go, you're all fired, whatever. And one of the guys, the electrician that they fired, uh, was just so pissed. I guess they gave him like $20,000 to like finish the job. He was just like so pissed. He's like, I just want to leave. Then he comes back to the house for some reason and Tommy points a gun at him and he's like, get off my fucking property. So then this guy is really pissed and he's like disgruntled. So he's like, well, I'm going to now rob them. I want to rob a big safe of theirs so I can get like, you know, all their prized possessions, their jewelry, their guns, whatever. 
Um, and he knows the house so well that he sneaks in past all of the cameras. He dresses up, quote unquote, like their dog by putting this like Sherpa blanket over himself and like crawling <laughs> to the safe and getting to the safe without anybody noticing. He steals it's the safe. Unreal. Steals the safe, gets all of his shit, and then he sees a cassette tape in this in the safe, and he's like, "Oh shit!" So he plays a cassette tape, and it's a the sex tape? tape, or Please, it was like a video? cassette, yeah, like videotape, video yeah. whatever. He plays the videotape, and it's their fucking sex tape, and he's like, "Holy shit, I've struck gold!" So he also like coincidentally like worked in the porn industry, so he goes and brings it to his boss that works at like a porn shop, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna make." so much money we're gonna make it big like let's do it and they keep trying to sell it to all these outlets but the outlets are like well we can't buy this without the consent of uh tommy and pamela so nobody is buying it so then they start selling it kind of like bootleg like people are selling it out of trucks people are like kind of like playing it for people different places and then they start using like the beginnings of the internet to kind of get this sex tape out to the general public but the thing was it took like a couple months for Tommy and Pamela to even realize that the sex tape was leaked at all because they found out during like an article that was written about them or something. And then they're like, Oh shit, our sex tape is out. And then they try to hire like a private eye and like all the shit. And then it blew up and then everybody knew about it. And then everybody had to watch it and it snowballed into this massive thing. And I think after like 12 months, somebody made like $70 million off of it. Yeah. In legit. So like, yeah, it's, I think, I think they eventually got, I think it was a big, what I remember is a big lawsuit thing, and they eventually got their m- money for it. You fucking hope so. Yeah. Well, they eventually kind of said, if you can't beat them, join them, and signed. Yeah, they signed. Signed it. over to the cop, the, whoever, signed the copyright over to this and said, all right, let's do that. So. It, yeah, it ended up playing on some sort of like a porn website at the time, and they were yeah. just like, okay, well, I guess it's already everywhere. Up. Might as well make the money off it. Yeah. So, I mean, but the good thing was that the original guy, the electrician guy that robbed them, I guess he didn't get a cent of any of the money. So at least there's that. But that story is so crazy. The Sherpa blanket dog part is my yeah. absolute favorite. When I had this, when I wrote this in our script, because I thought Billy was going to tell it, I made sure to like uh, italicize and bold that part about dressing up as the dog. It's I was so like, don't funny. forget this. Do you know what's really funny about that is that we're both, so by the way, we all work in Google Docs. We were all in there at the same time and I saw you do that. I saw you actually <laughs> highlight it and then I tell it. And I was like, oh, she really wants to concentrate on that. So that was good. I mean, that's the so best funny. tidbit of the entire story. <laughs> so where is that documentary Uh, i think that there was a documentary this year or in 2021 about the sex tape i just didn't i don't because i looked it up okay yes yeah all right so 1995 you also had obviously the oj simpson trial um which you know we have an episode with kim goldman uh was that first season or second season I think it was second season. We don't have seasons and on this show. Don't have don't know, We've never, never stopped. Really. <laughs> we never haven't stopped. taken a week off. That was shocking, Billy. <laughs> and and Selena, Selena was also murdered that year as well. In 96, Tupac was murdered in a drive-by shooting after a Tyson fight in Vegas. Yep. In 97, B.I.G. was murdered the same Notorious way. Notorious B.I.G. Biggie, yes. He was murdered outside of the, do you know where? Yeah, the museum on Wilshire. Yes, the car mu- the car museum. Yeah, the car museum, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so by a guy in a bow tie. And an interesting thing about that, by the way, is that they started chasing the guy with the bow tie, but apparently the car that they had 
uh, that his entourage had, had a switch in it that if you went over sort of like 80 miles an hour, it would slow down. Oh. And that's one of the reasons why they weren't able to catch him. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Another thing that happened in 97, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear off during a boxing match, which was oh, yeah. insane. And then Princess Diana died in 97. And we have a killing time that we deep dove into some Princess Diana conspiracy theories that came out that was worth a listen for sure. Yeah. In 98, as if we didn't have enough scandals, we heard about Clinton's relationship with the White House intern, Monica Lewinsky, who, by the way, follow her on Twitter. She's really, really funny. And, um, you know, the whole thing with him saying, uh, lying and saying, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. The dress that she wore, uh, Lewinsky's name, I think Lewinsky, Buttafuoco, and and Galuli were like the three big names of, of the 90s. One thing that I uh, noticed in the um, uh, the cut, it says that she's been mentioned in over 100 rap songs. Oh, my God. Yeah. And in 1999 was the worst concert festival in the history of concert festivals. Probably even worse, I would say, than Fire <laughs> Festival, which was Woodstock 99. It was not great. It I, was I don't not... know anything about it. Tell me. Okay. So they wanted to, you know, it was the anniversary of Woodstock, Woodstock 30 69. Year. Yeah. 30 years. They wanted to recreate it. So they, instead of going to a field, they go to a airbase. So everything is on concrete. It's super hot. There's no drinking water. So they're selling water for $4 a piece, which was, you know, probably like $8 now. And people are already pissed. They're also pissed that the music there is, as you know, from conversations on this podcast, was the worst music in the history of music, the late 90s. So <laughs> so, so you've got... Yes. So you've got all of these things happening. You've got Creed playing. You've got uh, Limp Biscuit playing. And there was just this element there of anger. And there was it was not peace and love. There was so peace many uh, sexual assaults. There were so many sexual, uh, you know, just um, improprieties that were that were happening. While the Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing uh, Fire, which is a Jimi Hendrix song, they started fires in the crowd. Wait, I thought um, that was for Limp Biscuit. It, it was, was for Limp Biscuit too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Limp Biscuit uh, played their famous song, Break Stuff, and people actually started breaking stuff. And then towards the end, everybody was just so sick of it and that they started stealing stuff and storming places and then just completely ruining the place. And the place looked like a battlefield at the end of it. It was just one of the most horrific things um, uh, that you could see with a soundtrack that was pretty, pretty uh, well, awful. This is the problem. It's I don't know what they were thinking was going to happen with the bands that they booked to play Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Like what 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 kind of fans did they think were going to come and do th- like I don't know. Yeah, it's just those are not- like the mosh pit. Those are the mosh pit bands. Yeah, it yeah. and it, honestly, before that, like the the concrete and the four dollar water, I'm like, this is basically warp tour. So it's like I know how that goes. It's not great. It's not like a wonderful, lovely, love filled time. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know if the '90s were not the time for the resurgence of Mm-mm. 
Yeah, and, and they baby. started, so, so the the East, there was a West stage and there was an East stage. On the West stage on Friday, Buck Cherry, your favorite, played also. Uh, <laughs> Who's favorite? ICP played. Um, on the oh, East stage, it was like. Clown Posse played? See, the, I, I'm very interested in Insane Clown Posse. But again, not, not but right for Woodstock. Yeah, but the Juggalos, from what I've learned, seem they're quite peaceful. Juggalos are very peaceful. Go read um, Camille Dodero's work on the Juggalos. There is a lot of love in the Juggalo community. Yeah, so maybe that one did actually yes. make sense. On the East Day, then you had like live Sheryl Crow, DMX, but then you had the Offspring DMX and Corn and Bush. doesn't make sense. Yeah. So then you'd have, you know, you had Moby towards the end of the night, you know, then you had Los Lobos and Everclear. That's they okay. They should have like Coldplay. Yeah. No, Coldplay was wasn't even, you, they were barely I around. I know, I'm saying yeah. those types of things. Yeah. I don't think Counting Crows, I, I mean, nobody's, Enya. Enya <laughs> there was no Enya. Well, but you listen know, to this. No, no, okay, go ahead, stop. Go ahead. You know what would have saved this if they would have done alternative 90s rock bands? Those were not like Buck Cherry and Limp Biscuit, though I do love Limp Biscuit. Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls. Everclear. Matchbox 20. Third Eye Blind. Okay. Kiss from a Rose. This is the vibe <laughs> that they could have created. Okay, Billy's so. Nightmare. On the East stage, they had Kid Rock, Wyclef Jean. Counting Crows, Dave Matthews Band, Alanis Morissette, oh, I'm, oh. Oh. Limp Biscuit, Rage, and Metallica. That's that's decent, you know. I would have gone to, but again, you know, Metallica but like, yeah. and Rage are a great, not but not the vibe. Mm -hmm. And then um, you Honestly, you had like a good concert, Collective Soul, so Godsmack, and Megadeth. Yeah. But then Megadeth <laughs> listen to this lad. Right? The East stage you had uh, Willie Nelson, Brian Setzer Orchestra. Weird, but oh remember. God. Remember, in 1969, Sha Na Na played. Uh, do you guys know who, know who those were? They were like a 50s kind of cover band. They were in yeah. uh, Greece. They were the band in Greece. Everlast, Elvis Costello, Jewel, Creed featuring Robbie Krieger and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. Whoa. That's a lot of big names, though. Like, that's yeah. fucking huge. You would never get fun. that many big names one place. Like, that's that's like five Coachellas. I, I would have gone. And Foo, Fighter, Foo Fighters were set to perform, but they they pulled out uh, because they had to work on a new album. And Sugar uh, Ray canceled because Mark McGrath uh, was ill. Ah, uh, damn, Mark McGrath! I would have loved maybe to we'll get him. Maybe we'll hair. get him next Woodstock. Then maybe he'll show. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll do another one. All right. Well, are we you know done what? with our blast from the past? We are done with our blast was, from the past. You guys, that was amazing. Yes. So I, did enjoy I that. you know what tell bring it bring it where the eight did the eighties have more scandals? Did the seventies? You know, when it comes to these type of scandals, these weird celebrity tabloidy scandals, I know the seventies had obviously I don't think anyone's gonna argue with you. No. no. I loved no. it. Loved yes. every second. But we want to hear about the worst things that you people have done, and that's gonna come up next. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. FX's new international spy thriller The Veil starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge. Inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. You are a horrible person. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Hi, first you worsties. It's your favorite time of killing time. It's hearing how you degenerates live with your guilt or not, lack thereof. (laughs) So we have some really exciting ones today for you. So I can't wait. So we're going to jump right into our first worst person. Hi. So I'm calling to tell you about the worst thing I've ever done. There's like a little asterisk by the word worst. So all of these egging stories reminded me of a time when I, too, egged a house. Except not really. So there was this girl I used to be friends with, and then we weren't because it was high school, and someone kept egging her house. And so she was telling everyone that it was me, and everyone believed her because we were friends, and then we weren't, and we graduated with, like, 250 people, so it was a very small school. And so I decided that if I was going to be blamed for egging her house, I was actually going to do it. But I was going to do it my way, which is with arts and crafts. So it was around Easter time, and so I went out and I bought a dozen eggs, and I bought an Easter egg dye kit. And I boiled the eggs. I didn't even leave them, like, runny and yolky. I boiled them. And then I wrote, like, fuck you on the Easter eggs before I dyed them. And then, like, even had a basket with, like, the fake grass in it. And so I put the fuck you eggs in the basket and hand-delivered it to her house. And... I paused because I don't know if that's the worst thing I've ever done, but everybody's egging stories reminded me of it. All right. Bye. Ooh, you sound like an angry little Easter bunny. (laughs) (laughs) I loved, I love that. You're like, no, I'm going to have the reputation of being someone who eggs in a house. I mean, I'm just going to lean right into this and be like an angry egg delivering elf. I mean, I love it. I think it's creative. It's unique. You know, it's a one-of-a-kind delivery. Uh, Gratifying? I think yeah, I think it's a lot nice. I mean, it's it's just more of a creative approach to, like, mm-hmm. getting all of your anger out. And I, I, I think I might do it. It's almost, I, I, it's almost like an art piece. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if I received that on my door, I would be like, huh, this is nice. I might right? put it up somewhere. Let's make some egg salad. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did definitely appreciate it. I think there was a uh, there's a little bit of wit attached to it. So mm-hmm. bravo. Oh, my God. I'm loving it. It's like Banksy, but like Easter Bunny. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, you could use you can find like any other offensive, rude things to say to somebody and just throw it on in there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, on to the next worsty. Hi, guys. Um. God, I hope you can hear me because I'm currently driving and I have the loudest fucking car ever. 
So uh, the worst thing I ever did, well, I've done a lot of bad things, so this is up there. When I was, like, 17, I owned a minivan, and I was obsessed with this minivan. I pretty much lived in it. Um, but anyways, my best friend and I and my cousins, who were all the same age, we would hang out, like, every single weekend and pretty much just kind of drive around in this minivan. Well, I grew up in a college town, and we would do things like egg college students and um, pretty much just kind of ran wild up in that in this town that I grew up in. Um, no, this is not an egging story. So anyways, we got this bright idea to moon college students through the minivan, so we would, um, I was driving, my cousin was in the passenger seat, and my best friend's in the back, sliding open the back van door to moon all these drunk college kids, and we thought it was so funny, we're, like, having such a good time, like, just being stupid. Well, my one rule was, when we're, like, in the main strip, not to do it, because there's cops crawling all over the place. Well, we got up to this huge frat party and honked the horn. My um, friends let open the door, pulled her pants down. At the same time, my cousin decided to flash through the passenger door. And basically, there was a cop sitting there. So I shit my pants. Um, took off like a bat out of hell. I see the cop pull out behind me. I have never driven so fast in my entire life. We flew to the Walmart parking lot down the street and basically staked out there for hours because we were young and afraid that this cop was still looking for us. And we had just moved him and flashed him. Um... So that's one of the worst things that I've ever done was run from the cops after my best friend moved him while I was driving the minivan, the getaway car. Um, God, I have a lot of other stories that probably could top this, but that was that one. I don't know. I thought that was pretty bad. Well, um, thanks. Well, it's very innovative. As far as what to do with a minivan, you know, like, because we see minivans as these quintessential, I think, like maternal vehicles. And you have Mm. empowered and taken the minivan back for your own pleasure wagon. I mean, the minivan (laughs) does need to be a little, needs to have a little bit of a rebrand. I do agree with this. Like, we need to bring sexy back to the minivan. We need some, like, really fun naughty things going on so i'm into the mooning like you know let's get some like young hot people getting naked in the minivan honestly i feel like the sorry billy this is really important Uh i feel like the perception of the minivan ebbs and flows and right now like when you're young when you're little as a kid you love a minivan because built into the back and you would like lay down and sleep in it and we were small so we could lay across the whole back then when we got cool, we're teenagers, it's like a nightmare to think about. And in your 20s, like you care what people think. So you're like, ooh, can't drive that. Hit 30, you're like, holy shit. Minivans are it. It's like everything's a bed. 
It's basically a camper van. It's basically a camper van, except it gets good gas mileage, two doors mm, that slide open, all these like luxuries of home. I, I truly believe that they're becoming more and more appealing the older I get. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think, you know, I was a big fan of vans in the, you know, growing up in the late 70s, early 80s when vans were having this, this their moment. And, uh, you know, minivans, we need to start painting wizards and dragons and tigers on the sides of them. That's what's going to make it, I think, mm. because that's what you would do with the old uh, panel vans back in the day. And they have to have windows. The, the vans without the windows, those are the ones that you that, that are bad, particularly in the in the true crime community. Yes. But but the van vans the with vans. the with the, with the band the vans, you see that a lot. I think True Crime Garage has a t-shirt like that. But yep. when it's when you're talking about actually a van with a wizard on it, let's have that happen with minivans. Still needs mm-hmm. to have windows, Billy. We went in two different directions. <laughs> yeah, that's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> But believe me, if you, what you said, you said you want sexy stuff happening. If if your van has a wizard on it, there's sexy stuff happening in it. So you're not going two different directions. Sexy to somebody. You know? I want, <laughs> an, I want a I want a van with an air fryer in it. That's where I'm going with this. I want a van <laughs> with a with a little like with a little fondue set that comes out of van, your little armrest. Yeah, with like a tent attachment or something that I can take it with me on my new road trips that I would be going on. If I had one. <laughs> My sexual road trips. Well, you worstie who gave us this story, you're a good person. This sounds like good old fun. And I, I wonder know. what kind of car you drive as an adult. Hopefully you there wasn't the even vibes any going. Yeah, there wasn't even anything bad with this story. Well, it really it just was ignited. Naughty. It was really more dangerous for you because drunk frat boys, yeah. we shouldn't be flashing them because yeah. Lord knows. Yes. Anyways, and also speeding too is bad. Speeding's not great. And run don't run from the cops if they try to pull you over. That's <laughs> don't drive faster. That's not how that works. Okay, on to the next worstie. Okay. So, the worst thing I have ever done um I was young and had moved out to Arizona with my not so um sweet high school sweetheart. And he was emotionally and sexually abusive. And finally, after over three years of being with this person, um, I broke up with him because I was just done. He left and went back home, joined the military, and messaged me so that I could send him all of his belongings to him. Um, the military would come pick them up. So I was living with my sister at the time, had all his stuff, and we took one giant box of, like a refrigerator box, and we ended up taking all his stuff, dirty clothes, dirty tissues, trash, everything we could find, and we just stuffed it in this one big box. Um, we took all his, like, baseball cards and anything that he had, um, that, you know, best in pristine condition um, and took them out of all their protective packaging, comic books, things like that, and just basically threw everything in this one big box so that, I don't know, so that he had to open a bunch of trash um, when it got to him, but it was just one box for every single thing that he had left with us. Years later, he ended up 
calling me, or not calling, but messaging through Instant Messenger and apologizing for being such a complete and double jackass. I didn't even bother to respond because, you know, it was just one of those things where it wasn't worth it. But, yeah, so picking up all the trash and things that he had left and just throwing them in one big box, and that was how he uh, got everything back that he had left. So that's the worst thing I've ever done, and I'm not really sorry for it because he was not a very nice guy, and he got the trash back that he deserved for the way he treated me. Okay, well, I've heard much worse things that people do when, like, assholes, you know, when you kick kick him the curb, right? But, like, oh, yeah. for someone who's highly organized, like, who wants to be highly organized, getting all your belongings, including baseball cards and things you collect out of their pla- – with mixed with your trash. Yeah, not <laughs> and not, like – it's like your underwear with your receipts. Just think about all the stuff you have. <laughs> and imagine it was all in one box with nothing separated. Yeah. Like every piece of paper that's important to you, every underwear, her, his dirty clothes were mixed in. That is, it's a really smart thing to do because it's not like that horrible, but Subtle. like weeks of work for him and like frustration. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like imagine trying to unpack and organize that. I mean, at least she gave him his stuff back. I know you're a good person. I know that that in itself. And also that you think this is the worst thing you've ever done. Like those two things, like you're a very good person for returning his belongings. Like most people just be like, I lost your number. Like, fuck you, dude. You don't get your stuff back, you Mm -mm. know, throw it out, burn it, whatever. Yeah. Mm -mm. I mean, maybe she tried to, like we were talking about with the pogs and and the beanie babies, how things we thought were going to be worth money and then they weren't. Maybe she looked up on eBay, saw (laughs) this stuff isn't worth anything. Mm -mm. (laughs) I know. About selling it, then went another, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) sell it off. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. All right, Lex. Well, it is time to lead our lovely, lovely listeners off into the night with the Costanza stanza, the first of the year. So it better be good. Well, I tried to keep with the theme of the episode. So you can tell me if it's good. It's not my most crass, but I think it'll excite you. (laughs) (laughs) The first episode of Seinfeld was in 1989, which is the birth of George, the dawn of time. In the 90s is when Seinfeld shined. George was a star. The ratings climbed. He's he's a 90s time capsule. He embodies a decade like a 90s mime. No matter how you slice it, no matter how you even rhyme. Yes, it did. I just enunciated the wrong words. George was a star. The ratings climbed. He's a 90s Uh, time capsule. He embodies a decade like a 90s mime. (laughs) No matter how you slice it, whether you nickel and dime, George has aged well, like a fine wine. Wow. <laughs> that was nice. I like that. Yeah, right? That was worth it. Yeah. Billy? Good job. Yes. It's, it's, yes. <laughs> He's like, yes, there was a gun in my head. Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, it was good. I'm not sure. Billy's being a little coy about it. I think he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> he loves it. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. you can host the best backyard barbecue. 
when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.